Hello and welcome to Take 18, a movie-focused podcast produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair, the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. It's great having you tune in and catch us right here. Please make sure to dis- to subscribe, so that way you can find out when every episode comes out and is available to you. Throughout this podcast series, we're going to be looking into movie news, some reviews, and even interviews, as well as filmmaker takes, and that's to talk about how we make movies. But right now, let's dive into movie news. So we're going to start with the weekend box office report. The Martin Luther King holiday weekend saw Bad Boys 2 make a huge splash of $68.1 million dollars which uh, according to Box Office Mojo, it was the second largest Martin Luther King four-day performance ever. Um, And it was actually Sony's largest R-rated opening ever. Uh, A lot of things there is like word of mouth and buzz around the film. I mean, it got an A in cinema score and a 97% um, audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So definitely uh, uh, making a a comeback there with the sequel to the... uh, to that original film, which was a huge hit as well. In second place, it goes to um, uh, this weekend was Universal's Doolittle, starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, that opened up with results um, that were kind of above their their already low expectations. The film's got a 19% critic review on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, as well as a 76% uh, audience rating. Um, and it got a B on CinemaScore. So it's actually... it. it did okay with with um, average moviegoers, but definitely got hit hard by uh, the critics. <laughs> so the film's actually performing a little bit better than their their expectations, but still only got uh, thirty million dollars this weekend. Um, Universal is actually still happy with their heavily Oscar-nominated film, nineteen seventeen, coming in third place with twenty seven million um bringing the international total to 144 million so it's kind of interesting to see that uh 1917 is actually only three million dollars less um this weekend than what uh doolittle did so rounding out the top five of the weekend jumanji the next level is in fourth place taking another 12 and a half million dollars in and fifth place going to star wars the rise of skywalker Taking in uh, 10.6 million, which again, according to Box Office Mojo, its domestic run is now just shy of 495 million dollars, which does put it on the top 15 all-time domestic releases. Internationally, the film has added another 10.9 million, so that brings the overseas totals to 534.6 million, which globally now the big money bank that Disney has got there with. Uh, Star Wars is the global total is now over $1 billion. It is $1.026 billion for those of you keeping score at home. And in other news, we have the PGA and SAG Awards. Uh, the Producers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild gave out their annual awards. The PGA's top prize of Best Picture went to Universal's 1917, so that uh, officially makes that the front runner for Best Picture uh, Award winner at the Academy Awards. Toy Story 4 actually got the best prize uh, for the best animated film. Um, but over at the SAG Awards, at the Screen Actor Guild Awards, uh, there was a little bit of history made where Parasite took the award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture, and that makes it the first foreign language film to do so. 
Best Actress went to Renee Zellweger for Judy, and Best Actor went to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Best Supporting Actress went to Laura Dern for Marriage Story, and Best Supporting Actor went to Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in the West. Now, another thing in the news, uh, Fox is going to be dropped, 20th Century Fox, uh, was purchased by Disney, and so Fox, the word, the name Fox, will be dropped from the studio's name with a near immediate effect. So Variety ran the story that Disney is going to be dropping the Fox name of 20th Century Fox, uh, a name that's been in the Hollywood industry since 1935, uh, and it's going to be renamed to simply just 20th Century Studios. They also purchased Fox Searchlight Pictures. Um, that is also getting the uh, the rebranding and is going to be simply called Searchlight Pictures. So um, these logos uh, apparently are not going to be dramatically changed or altered. It's just going to be basically the name Fox is going to be removed. So it's still going to have those kind of classic Searchlight uh, uh, icons that we've come to know and love with 20th Century Fox over the years. Um, and so that is still going to be in effect. Uh, they've already started changing over apparently the email addresses and things like that uh, internally. So that is going to be coming soon. Um, no word yet on if changes are made to the 20th Century uh, Fox Television or Fox 21 Television Studio names. Um, but uh, there's plenty of changes going on. Um, so there's also uh, another uh, deal is like Disney and uh, Peter uh, Charon uh, with Charon Entertainment is uh, their deal. There is now done with Fox. Um, it's uh, that company is actually the ones that helped uh, finance our Central Coast local director William Eubanks Underwater, um, which debuted at only seven million dollars on their opening weekend. Uh, but that was all part of that same system. So um, the uh, Charon Entertainment is going to be out as well. Disney is going to basically just be picking up all the tabs on production in all these different houses. Of course, uh, Disney made this purchase for Fox um, back in March of 2019 for $71.3 billion, billion with a B. And uh, <laughs> so they, one of the big things that people were talking about is that they wanted to buy it because one, Star Wars was huge. But of course, if you look at what Fox owned in terms of uh, Marvel characters, that they, they owned all the X-Men, um, Fantastic Four. Uh, so uh, uh, if you're looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this was kind of the inevitable uh, next step. In, in where they were going to go after Avengers Endgame. So it makes sense uh, that they are rebranding this. They did not purchase the um, broadcasting parts of, of Fox. So the Fox Sports Channel and Fox News is not part of that deal. So it makes sense. It wasn't really a surprise that they're going to be dropping this name to um, make it more kind of non-Fox branded and make it more under that Disney umbrella. Uh, so that's that in the movie news. And uh, there is a few things that's going on here locally on the Central Coast coming up um, with Central Coast Film News. Uh, there are a few fandoms in, in, in film and television that kind of rival this one. <laughs> the the uh, passion and sheer numbers of, of group of super fans affectionately known as Trekkies. Um, well, it looks like they're going to be uh, pretty excited about the Central Coast because Star Trek is going to boldly go right here in Central Coast to... San Inez Valley. So back in July at San Diego Comic-Con, the Star Trek panel there, 
released a load of new information about CBS's new show, Star Trek Picard. Um, we actually were able to watch uh, the, the trailer as it dropped, and then we uh, immediately noticed one of those locations there was uh, Sunstone Winery and in San Inez, and we uh, recognized that immediately, and we put that out on our blog, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was kind of great to be able to break that and then have people say, oh, yeah, I, I definitely remember uh, filming that, and now we can finally talk about it, so it's pretty neat. Um, the... Uh, the villa itself is beautiful, um, but what a it, as we've been getting closer to the the premiere of the show, which is actually in just a few days on January twenty third, it they've been really ramping up their marketing um, for it. So they're releasing more and more footage, and they just released something a couple of days ago, um, and it it showed uh, Patrick Stewart's character walking around the villa. And, uh, it, you know, with some Vulcans and high tech gadgets, you know, or he's ordering a Earl Grey tea decaf and uh, all he has to do is say it. And then instantly it's it's right there and available to him. So it, it's still kind of that, you know, one hand in that old world feel that the villa is just absolutely I mean, it, it, there is no other place uh, like it. it. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and then, of course, the one foot in the Star Trek world where it's super high tech um, science science fiction so definitely uh very neat to see uh i i can't be more excited about seeing what's going to happen there um when i was uh in the area i actually knew that the that production was going on but again uh we wanted to make sure that we didn't uh break any rules and and get that out there so um very excited about it very very excited about star trek going to be here uh very soon so we do have a couple of links to the uh, blog post as well if you want to check that out. So uh, please make sure that you do that. And after that, we are going to be going into now uh, a filmmaker's take. So what we want to do now is take a moment for our filmmaker's take to talk about some filmmaking tips and tricks. So for the first one I want to talk about, uh, for the very first term and very first kind of you know, thing to really talk about. If somebody was to tell me, okay, you get one lesson to go and uh, teach a bunch of kids, film students, about filmmaking, what would you do? How would you do it? And um, it's, I'm going to take a, a take from uh, our, the name of this podcast, Take 18. And we're going to talk about the take. Um, and I, if you haven't seen Tom Hanks's speech for the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes, definitely go watch it because... Um, he says something in there that I, I, it struck me very, very profoundly where, you know, movies are made in takes is what he says. And I mean, even in movies like 1917, which appears to be a really long take, um, it, it's still done with many takes. Uh, um, I'm sorry. So it appears to be one long shot, but it's still done with many, many little takes. Uh, you know, a, a filmmaker may have many takes of one single shot. But, uh, of course, ultimately, it is only one take that makes it into the final product. So it it uh, it makes you, or at least it makes me, think about the editorial process with some of your favorite movies. It, like, if you think about some of your favorite shots from your favorite movies, then you think about how many different takes of that same shot existed. And why did the editor choose the shot that he did? Uh, you know, it's like, well, is there a better one? You know, if, if I was the editor, would I think there was something that'd be better? Um, also, would a different shot, can one shot, one take, uh, one take of that shot, can that change the entire movie? And I would say, yes, absolutely. So 
so much can be said, like by how a character's action may just change subtly in, in a take. There might be different subtext going on with uh, different emotions being played. Uh, um, and uh, of course, there there may have been like, you know, takes may have, you may have additional takes because something basically has gone wrong. Something is going to wind up on the blooper reel. And so you got to do another take. You know, the, the, the boom drops in and there's your mic in the frame or your, uh, one of your crew members are in standing in the mirror and they can see the whole back. You know, there's all kinds of th reasons why you're going to have to redo it for, for mistakes and oopses. Um, but there, of course, is another reason is that it just not getting the performance right. So, uh, for example, Stanley Kubrick, um, you know, he was notorious for shooting things over and over and over again until he got it right. Uh, there was a guy, um, I believe, who shot, he was on The Shining, and he said that he shot the same take. It, it, was, this, it was the same shot, but he took, they took 50 to 60 takes to get that one shot right. And they even would ask, you know, Stanley, was that, was that good? And, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. Let's do it again. Uh, you know, or even George Lucas, uh, I think when he was making Star Wars would always, uh, on, on set would always joke around, or the crew uh, cast would joke around saying that George would always say, faster, more intense. Do it again, faster, more intense. Um, so that was just kind of uh, the ongoing thing. So directors will always uh, just try and get that performance out, even if it takes so many times. But of course, you got to be weary about that because your actors may start to get a little bit of fatigue if you go on for too long. So um, now, conversely, there may be times where things are captured on the first take. Uh, I usually call that pure gold when I'm on set. Uh, but of course, I, I actually I still would do a second take no matter what, even if I thought I had the, the first take was it was I would still do a second one just in case. Um, now, uh so another one that 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 takes wonders is is like um, uh, one take wonders. It, 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 it's those are the ones that like you have to plan ahead for months and get this one take done right, and that's usually for something that can only be done once. Now, for example, um, right here on the Central Coast, actually in in San Simeon, uh, Hollywood crews built an entire military barracks. Um, they built the facade out of uh, balsa wood, which is very expensive, but they did that because it was going to be blown up by Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, what I would say the classic uh, movie of Commando. And yeah, so they, they were, you know, the Central Coast is standing in for the fictional country of Valverde in South America, but they, they only had one chance, one take, to film all this of Arnold Schwarzenegger pressing the detonator and everything blowing up in a big giant fireball. So of course they can only do that once. They can only do this one take, but they're going to set up multiple cameras. So they have camera, you know, 20, 30 cameras. They can put as many as they want out there. So that way they get every angle of what they can do and they can edit that same action, that same moment over and over and over again, which they do in that movie where you can see the same building blow up like three times because of dramatic effect of that editing process. But it's still just one take. That only happened once. They only built the town and blew it up once. So that's something that takes uh, uh, a lot of care, a lot of pre-planning, 
And sure, yeah, you might be able to get that done in one take. So in short, care about your takes. Really care about them. It may only take one, but always take, and that is in capital letters, always take as much time as you need to get your vision the way you want, even if that means more takes. Now, we are going to be closing out our podcast today with some of our Central Coast Film Society events coming up. So we do have our Oscar viewing party coming up on in Arroyo Grande this year at Figaro Mountain Brewing Company. This is going to begin on Sunday, February 9th at uh, 3.30 p.m. and goes until basically it's done, which is, we're guessing, maybe 9? You never know with these things. It is a family-friendly event, uh, so we'll have more information on our website and social media pages, so definitely check those out. We're also going to have a survey on there for you to pick who you might think might win. And uh, if you are there at the viewing party, you could win a prize. We did this last year. It was a ton of fun. So definitely check it out and be on the lookout. We'll put that out there when we got the uh, survey up with the ballots, basically. Um, so we're also going to be there to uh, support our member of our board of directors, Chris Manigault. He is producing the Red Carpet Show Uh you may have seen the video, but last year I was extremely fortunate enough to go with Chris down there um, and walk the red carpet, get the tour, and I felt like I got the red carpet treatment. We saw everything, uh, a lot of really neat stuff, and it's amazing just what security levels you have to go through to even go there. This was the day before the Academy Awards, and the amount of security that you have to go through just just to take a tour and you know with somebody that is you know, the uh, uh, production manager there. And, and it's, uh, it, it was amazing. So we're going to root on Chris. Um, so definitely way to go. And another thing to put on your radars is we are going to be having a, uh, a talk with a, a mixer with other filmmakers here locally on the Central Coast. This is going to be on March 1st from 3 to 5 p.m. at Central Coast Brewing in San Luis Obispo. Again, this is also for all ages. So students, families, come attend and uh, we'll celebrate cinema together. Well, that's a wrap on this edition of Take 18. Again, this has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. We are a 501c3 organization and we could not make this show or anything that we do without your generous support. So. Please help make a difference, uh, make a change, help me do this more often, <laughs> and uh, consider making a donation, purchase a membership, or just simply attend one of our events. Uh, it doesn't hurt to uh, just click like or share and get the word out, help share this podcast, help us grow. You can do that. You can do that for free. And that's something that we would be so grateful for. Please visit our websites, www.centralcoastfilmsociety.org. Again, that's centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. Sign up for our newsletter or just simply follow us on social media. A big shout out again to uh, our more than 2,500 followers that uh, we have on Facebook and we are continuing to grow every day. So thank you so much. We'll see you guys at the movies and I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. That's a take. Thank you.